Life Happens with Pimelo Modine. So thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for staying with us at this time. Every Thursday we have the big interview and uh, usually it's a profile interview. And my guest today is Zama Kanyile. I don't want to tell you how old she is. At some point she'll probably tell us, but my goodness. (laughs) She is a a fund manager at NEF. She also uh, runs an organization called African Women Chartered Accountants. She's in studio with us. She's going to be joining us for an entire hour. So anything really that you want to discuss with her uh, or in relation to what we're discussing, you're more than welcome to give us a call on 0891-104-207. Thank you so much, Sama, for coming in and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. For what me. a journey you've had. What a journey you've had. I, 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 I'm now saying to, to them, goodness, you don't want to know how old she is. You... I don't know how many times you hear that, but you are under 40. Let's just put it that way. You are under 40 and you are one of but a handful. And this is the difficult bit, but a handful of women, black women accountants in this country. Tell us those figures again. So you've got a total CA population of about 44,000 in the country and by CA I mean chartered yes, accountants accountant, yeah, yes. so you've got total population about 44,000 and if you look at the stats and you look at what is you know African Indian and colored female together to combined mm-hmm. it's about 6,700 so we are severely underrepresented um, in the space uh, and so that's why organizations like the African Women Chartered Accountants exist to create awareness of this profession first and foremost right at um, school level and also to then support those young ladies that make the choice to become CAs because we've, we've come a long way. You know, I was going to say I mean it's, it sounds it's, uh, it's, it's horrible these numbers mm. are horrible but we've come some way from the 22,000 as a as a pool how many were there uh, black uh, women chartered accountants? 407 at the time that AWCA was started. Goodness yeah what's taking why is it so difficult to achieve? I mean, um, this is this inclusivity mm. in this pool of chartered accountants. I mean, I think you have to look at the lifespan of the AWCA. So, in seventeen years, you know, from four hundred and seven to six thousand six hundred, it is a it, it it is a step in the right direction. But certainly, we can benefit from more initiatives to make sure that we've got more women coming through uh, and, and choosing this career at um, university level and also once they've qualified that we give them the right training and um, leadership readiness courses so that they can then rise up and then distort that senior tier that tends to be uh, male dominated whether you're looking at board of directors or you're looking at ceos of companies you know you you speak of um and i think this talks to a lot of people being able to identify somebody within your community that that you can look up to someone that you can touch and feel um that you can look up to and say well i want to be like that guy right you you references and Masana as yes. the person that you could see as what does he do i want to mm-hmm. do what he's doing i worry that we don't have enough of those role models in places where they're needed. Mm, mm. And, I, and I think that's why we've got a three-tier strategy as the AWCA. One, we must identify the young girls with the potential to become chartered accountants. Secondly, we must nurture and develop them and groom them through this process so that they don't give up on that seven-year journey. And then lastly, we must then 
you know, help build them to be these leaders that will occupy you know, the higher echelons within public and private sector. So why it's important to identify is that most of us have a story to tell. So I'm from Umlazi and the, 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 the drive is to be visible and start, you know, where you come from so that people can see a living example and believe and know that it's possible if you see a black woman like you or a black male like you um, who's taken on this path and completed you know the the the, the route to qualification and know that it's possible because sometimes it's about exposure and visibility mm -hmm. so that's exactly what um, we try and target through the school's programs through career workshops and the various partnerships that we have as well um, with SICA and um, Department of Science and Technology in, in participating in some of the camps as well to raise awareness of the subject. And, you know, there was a time when we had to struggle to um, get the learners at high school level to make the right decisions because by the time you um, intercept at grade 12, the subject choice is done. Late, They're just yeah. waiting for the results. So if you engage with them earlier and they know that if I want to follow this path or if I want to broaden my um, possibilities in the finance space or whatever space, I better do higher grade maths or pure maths or the maths that's going to get me into university and into the type of degree that I want to study for. So the part of the problem is being able to, as you said, identify the talent, but identifying it early. Mm -hmm. But we also have a problem where teachers are sitting with massive classrooms. Um, you want to identify it early, but a teacher is sitting there themselves just drowning with the number of children that they're, they're, that they're teaching. And they themselves, unfortunately, we've heard this from the department, are not skilled enough. That's the problem. How do we come? How do we get around all of that? I mean, I, I think some problems are. We were having a discussion of like, structural, mm. and sometimes you have to own the piece of the problem that you can solve. Mm. And so, what we can solve is those extra classes, and to support and supplement um, the schooling system, so that you know people can do better in maths and um, accounting and so forth and, and therefore um, have a better chance of making it and have additional support more than being one of 60 odd people in a classroom. Let's talk about why it's important. I mean, someone would say, yeah, please, you know, we keep hearing about this. Yes, yagari, yagari, yagari. There are black women again complaining about being included, being whatever. Why is it important for us to recognize the need to have other black women in the chartered accountant space? Um, you, you need to change the face of leadership in South Africa. And um, when we look at the South African context, a lot of it is um, colored by our history, apartheid and the racial disparities and so forth. But if you look at the topic of diversity, and so diversity talks about racial transformation, um, talks about gender transformation across the globe, it is an important agenda because there have been countless studies that actually show that those companies that have um, diversity at the right level of decision making have a higher chance of making better profits and delivering better uh, return um, to their shareholders and so forth. So there is already a business case 
for having diversified thinking because if we are a boardroom full of males the type of thinking will tend to go one direction and we may not be we may be blind to certain um, pitfalls that we should be mindful of or even opportunities that we could be exploiting as a company and how to charts the trajectory or the growth trajectory of a company so you need that complementary thinking that complementary um, leadership um, right at the top and it's not a south african story but here it's just more elevated because the disparities are so huge and it's on it's not only about the bottom line we have to bring the bottom line because yes. nobody else listens if we don't bring the bottom line yeah, I mean, I think it's for the well-being of society, right? Um, if uh, the well-being of South Africa is elevated, we'll have a better tomorrow. So it talks to that um, narrative of nation building as well. And you look at the important role that women play um, across various society. A lot of um, homes are female-led homes. They are the primary caretaker. And um, when those women um, um, can use that same strength um, to raise those children under difficult circumstances and have an opportunity to really thrive as well in business, I mean, I think the results are exponential in terms of the social dividend that we'll get as society. You're listening to SAFM's Life Happens. My guest is Zama Kanyile, and she's a fund manager at NEF. She's also running, running an organization called African Women Chartered Accountants. She's my guest until 3. You're more than welcome to give us a call on 891 my guest is Zama Kanyila. You're on SAFM and this is Life Happens. What we have at this time every Thursday is a profile interview. So she runs uh, African Women Chartered Accountants. She's also a fund manager at NEF. How's NEF doing, by the way? We're doing well, given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we could benefit uh, from being able to do more, given the mandate that we have, you know, which is to broaden uh, broad um, or promote a broad-based uh, black economic empowerment. Yeah, I mean, your CEO was honored as the CEO of the decade not so long ago. That must help somewhat. But the reality is that you've got an economy that's really struggling. Mm. Um, how on the ground do you think South Africa, I, I think people have an idea of, of how difficult things are because of the headlines that you, you read and so on. But you see this um, first, I mean, you see this firsthand um, where businesses are not making their targets, where businesses have to collapse their, 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 their original ideas and so on. How, how bad is it from where you're sitting? I think we cannot um, ignore the, 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 the effects of the macroeconomic environment because they do filter down. And so, you know, financiers across the board are having to look closely and monitor their portfolio uh, um, to see where uh, they could help the clients. And I think for us being kind of an inactive investor, if I can mm-hmm. use that word and mm-hmm. playing a meaningful role after we've lent you the money is um, really engaging either through board meetings or steerco meetings, monitoring the company's performance and seeing where we can help to create market linkages, where if there are efficiencies and we need to relook at the business model, um, turn around specialists that we've got on our panel, what kind of um, mentors can come in to try 
and make and you know save the business and restore it to its um, operational efficiency because we need to save as many jobs as we can and then create as many as we can. As well. You've you've said also that you know global financiers are almost going through difficult uh, similar difficult times. But what's unique to us that that you see as a thread almost um, that we're struggling to get to 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 manage as businesses emerging businesses. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's two within the funding space. Um, people always think that the funding is a solution and is going to solve the problems. But actually, it's the business case that's going to save the business. And then the next question is who's at the helm of, of that business? So we really need agile okay. leaders even within those SMEs because they must be able to navigate. When we look at a business um, and we get a business plan, there's no guarantee mm. that things will work out the way that we envisioned them to. But we find that a lot of our clients do manage to pay us back even though mm. the landscape that they thought they were entering changed. And you can almost all the time attribute that to the strength and resilience of um, the entrepreneur. But I think what financiers need to do is not just look at the payment holidays that you can give and those type of financial interventions, but to really think about the non-financial support mm. that you can offer to businesses. And I think that's what gives a DFI like the NEF, you know, a special kind of niche in the market in terms of being focused and having that dual mandate of providing both financial and non-financial support to businesses because money alone doesn't solve the problem. And you bring a very uh, important element to this discussion. You you can obviously give the money, but if if the market's not willing to play along with you, whether it is internally or externally, internationally, there there is unfortunately a structural issue with this country. If you come from a very impoverished background, you may be as talented as you may be, you may get the money from NEF, but if I don't have an uncle of an uncle of an uncle who I can call to buy my supplies and, and, and I'm up against a monopoly, mm. it's, it's surely going to collapse, mm -hmm. is it not? Yeah. So, so that's why it's important to give a comprehensive funding package. So you'll find at times when we approve a transaction, we may say, this is a good entrepreneur. They're good at executing, but we've seen the type Access of financials market. they've given us. So maybe let's give them back office support. Yeah. So they don't have to worry about the bookkeeping. That is a support service that we offer them after we've invested. But then we also look, okay, are they good business developers? Mm. You know, if not, can we then look at not just finding people on our panel, but who else is in the market that they can engage, partner up with and seek mentorship from so that they can benefit? Um, also, uh, when you do that, mm -hmm. do, do you get an audience? Are South Africans willing to lift and hold the other one up? We find I that, know that's your mandate, yes. but but I but generally, do you find that you've got established business willing mm. to hold the hand of the young un? So uh, what we found through a department within the NEF called the Social Economic Development Unit, so th that we have to create relationships with private sector. So we've got a number. So 
private sector, um, or let's call it big business, big, yeah. has a, a, a target in terms of the ESD support that they lend out. So that is an entryway to help them to say, we've got these entrepreneurs. Let us work together. Let us see within your value chain where there's opportunity to source them. Are those so targets an meaningful? You know, it, it creates it creates a space where you can engage because I, it, now we are having those conversations because the legislation has made it such that you must now, um, you know, have a supplier development plan of some sort and um, contribute in terms of um, enterprise development in other ways. So that has created a space, you know, to, 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 to have those discussions. It's not always a guarantee, but... We do go the long uh, mile and we see that it actually does yield dividends. It's not immediate because there's a relationship if the, the, the entrepreneur we're supporting is outside of that person's radar in terms of like the existing supplier base. You have to create the relationship and whoever's on the other side needs to give themselves comfort that I can get reliable supply, consistent quality and so forth from this entrepreneur before they actually sign on the dotted line. It's not that simple, is it? No, it's complicated. <laughs> it's it's not that simple, and and I think I'm I'm speaking to the the heart of this country because y- you've got to carry a particular mandate, but what you're actually up against is a culture. Mm. You're up against a mindset, a culture, a willingness to be part of the South African solution, and. I dare say when you when you we do what we do, listening to the calls coming in here, th- th- there is just isn't that sense that we are all on the same page. Mm. And I just wondered to what extent it filters down. And actually, uh, for many people, when you ask them, they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, we, we don't get support, whatever. But you see it in the numbers. Mm. You see it in the numbers. It's, it's an actual fact. It's in business that you get to see to what extent are we not transforming mm-hmm. uh, as a country. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, it's it, it's will alone hasn't worked, um, but um, at least there are parameters or instruments that we can use to initiate um, that discussion. Listen, you can be part of this conversation. You're on SAFM's Life Happens, and it's a profile interview. I'm in conversation with Zama Kanyile. She's uh, leading African Women Chartered Accountants. It's a it's a it's a nonprofit organisation, really trying to to add the numbers and uh, I suppose um, people of colour, women of colour to the fraternity, chartered accountants, um, just really lacking. When I look at the numbers, 44,000, 44, uh, a pool of 44,000, only 6,000 uh, are black women. That's just staggering to me. Um, so they're doing everything they can to try and add to that number by all sorts of ways, um, support, uh, uh, exposure and so on. We're in conversation with her. She's also a fund manager as well at NEF and we're having that conversation but there are other conversations as well to be had. 891 let's go to Greg Hoyos for the very latest in headlines. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM Zama Kanyele is my guest and she's a fund manager at NEF. She's also uh, the head of a non-profit organization called African Women Chartered Accountants. And as I said, you're more than welcome to give us a call on 891 So what's the end goal? Do we have targets, the African Chartered Women's, um, Women's Chartered Accountants? Yes, we do. Um, we'd like to see the, 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 the numbers growing. Um, what's encouraging is that when you drill down and you look at the female gen uh, male um, split within the six th- oh, 
the, the six thousand on, only the six thousand. So the six, the six point six or six point seven thousand is the the African Indian colored females. Mm. But if you look at the whole black um, composition being male and female, you do see female representation growing exponentially. Okay, so in the 44,000 pool, mm -hmm. you're seeing there are more women coming up. Not in the whole 44,000. Within the black... Within that 6,000... 6.7,000. Uh, 6, 6. 4, 4, no. So, now I'm going to be Okay, so, so, so basically, in so, the 44,000 yes. pool, you're seeing more, more women coming up? Or mm -hmm. Within the uh, black... Mm -hmm. Um, section, we are okay. seeing more black females. So okay, within the Indian colored. Exactly. Uh, we have okay. slightly more females than males, which is encouraging that it's starting to move in the right direction because that's been um, the focus, the focus area. You're, you're, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you and it almost sounds like a celebration. And I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, goodness. We believe the milestones um, need yes, to be they need to be celebrated, mm, and it's a multi-tier approach with a number of partners, you know. But what happens to those people after? This Africa? is the thing. That's, so, that's are we the, paying the them better? Question. Are we paying them like their male counterparts? They've done the same work, haven't they? That's a big discussion in terms of, you know, the gender pay gap. And you'll get a number of statistics. But overall, the feeling is that men get on average about 30% more than females. It's not a feeling. It's the fact. It's, it's a, it, no, I agree. But I'm saying we must drill down and say what is behind that. Because some of the stats, they'll aggregate total females within the organization and total males within the organization. So people may boast about having a lot of females as, start of, as part of their staff complement. But what we should be asking um, questions about is where do those women sit in the organization? Then we can start to see that gap being diminished mm -hmm. because then once people rise, because it's, some of the stats are skewed because the senior level is occupied mm -hmm. by men. The bottom level is, you know, uh, majority women. Uh, when you're reporting stats in terms of numbers, it may look good. But then that story tells a tale that there aren't enough people rising through organizations. You know? And and, and you, you sit, you know, as any F, you're always represented. Mm -hmm. um, what are the reasons when you interrogate these things? When we interrogate when the gender stats? Yes, because you obviously, you, you know, you, you're saying mm -hmm. the, there needs to be a drilling down. Mm -hmm. And when you do drill down and start seeing where the problems are mm -hmm. and, and you engage, what, what comes out when people, I, I won't say defend, but when people try and explain their way through it? Um, I think the problem in, in, in some situations is that people want to maintain the status quo. Uh -huh. They don't understand that we need to tip the skills and change business as usual to get to these objectives. So it starts with the hiring policy, you know. Uh, who is in charge of bringing people in? Are we monitoring that? And when we um, track an organogram or an organization, you know, shows who's at top level management filtering down, then what is the eventual plan? to make sure that those women rise up. So on the ground, it's about having structured skills transfer plans and also growth path. But we need the women 
to be mentored and sponsored through. So if you look at um, the working world, you know, it does at a certain level become about relationships mm. and relationship capital and the um, prominence or positive association you enjoy and how people that have the ability to influence your career direction um, perceive you. So we need to have the few women that are there to make sure that they bring up as many women as possible. But it's not only for females to solve this problem if we're already in the minority. We need the males as well to make sure that they are sponsoring and mentoring other women to come through. Right. So there, there's some, you know, we, earlier on we spoke about structural problems. And, and, and it, while there is talk and it's exhaustive, um, about gender pay cap and you find policies, policies upon policies in companies where they tell you we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But for me, structurally, it starts at the very beginning uh, when you enter the organization where HR will then say, for instance, provide your previous pay, uh, your pay slip, please, mm. so that we can see what you are earning to to measure how much you should be earning. If you've been disenfranchised as a woman before, that in itself, you're on a back foot, mm. right? So how much structurally needs to be fixed before we can have these very big policy conversations that are actually not going to go anywhere? I think we need to use the instruments we have at hand um, to track and monitor. You see, once we get to the source of the problem, then we can do something about it. But there must be a mechanism to force companies to play open cards and actually show within this level males earned this much, women earned this much. So we can compare apples with apples. I think once those things are brought to the fore and it becomes a reportable item in your integrated reports or your annual financials, then you are forced to account to your stakeholders as to how you're going to fix this problem. If it gets lost in the numbers or it's not even reported on, you don't even know how far you are from getting to a place where women are one, rising to those levels, and secondly, being paid a commensurate pay to their male counterparts as well. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you on that because mm -hmm. it is the very same board who then says to their operations teams, get those numbers down, we need to add profit. So, so when these people report back to the very same board, they don't actually ask how much is Pimelo earning. They, they want a total number. And that CEO is under pressure. And they will not give you a 50% hike in, in your salary because you've been disadvantaged. She's not going to do that. How is he going to justify that to, your, to the board? So structurally, there are things that I, I wonder how possible they are to fix. I think there's a moral um, stance that must be taken even in um, companies when we talk about structural changes. If my KPA is exactly the same as my male counterpart's KPA and the rating scale is one to five and we are both fours, there's absolutely no reason why um, we shouldn't be earning the same amount of money. If it needs to be a plan where over time you gradually equalize and stabilize things by uh, the, the, the status quo, th let that be the case. But it needs to be a moral concern and a moral issue raised by, you know, the social and ethics committee within um, these organizations to say, are we paying people for the same of um, results um, that they're bringing um, um, to the bottom line. If we're contributing equally to the profitability, we should be, you know,
remunerated. We've got calls coming in. I, I do see you anonymous in KZN. I'll take your call and I also see your SMSs as well. Let's uh, let's keep them coming in. 0891-104-207. Let's do this first. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. I just want to say kudos to Ms. Kanyele, but then the question that I have is with regards to the women living with disabilities, especially women of color. How many of them are, you know, chartered accountants in South Africa, and how does uh, her organization make sure that women living with disabilities are also accommodated and are part of her organization or her programs that he runs in the communities? Thank you. Wow. Zamakanyile is my guest. Uh, she is the founder of a non-profit organization called African Women Chartered Accountants. She's also an NFE fund, NAF fund manager. She's in studio with us until three. You, you heard that, right? I did. And, and it's a very good question um, coming from um, um, Tepiso. And you know, I think she raises a good point that I'll take up even with SICA, who's the overall measuring body to say, how are we tracking um, how we are, are moving uh, with these numbers? But in terms of um, accommodating um, the, the women, we as an organization, we are all encompassing. So you will find that women who align with the vision of what we do um, tend to plug into what we do. Not all those women are even CAs to begin with. Mm. And not all of the people that plug into AWCA are females. It's people that buy into the vision. So we are an open organization from a membership perspective, but with that um, one focus. But I do accept the challenge to make sure that we do watch closely, um, you know, the interventions and the numbers as it relates to women or black women now living with disabilities in the profession. Let's take those calls. Let's go to Anonymous. You're calling us from KZN. Thanks for your patience. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, uh, Mrs. Mediator, and to your guest as well. I can't remember your name, so I have to call you Mrs. Mediator. Uh, okay, I, I just want to discuss an issue with you. Uh, I love chartered accountants, regardless of the, the gender issue, male or female, uh, but I love one in every home, so everyone knows about accounts. But my problem is we have uh, accountants, chartered accountants in uh, municipalities or in certain companies that are not familiar how to handle um, uh, uh, accounting issues and how to attend to an accounting issue because some people have to go uh, and um, attend to um, uh, uh, an attorney uh, to act for an accounting problem. So, and because they wouldn't address your problem, can be months go by, they don't address your problem. And even when you go to an attorney, they don't want to address the problem. So, having accountants at the head of departments uh, and, they, and they don't know how to assist people on the ground who have uh, lodged complaints on uh, accounting problems. So where do we go from here? Do you want to give us an example? You are anonymous. Nobody knows who you are. Do you want to give us an example? Uh, yes, uh, because I had a problem with the Etiquini municipality, and uh, they've never, I've sent several letters. I waited for almost a year and a half for, from a chartered accountant, from an accountant who's the head of department, and she would refuse point blank to address the problem. So I had to go to a legal advisor, and then finally she acknowledged 
because she kept on lying throughout the whole year, you know, uh, to me telephonically and uh, uh, personally. Uh, when I went uh, to see her personally, she wouldn't come in front of me, but she will send a junior representative uh, to Expo on behalf of her. I'm not sure if that's an accounting problem. It's a, it's I think a, it's a leadership yeah. issue uh, more than it is but a CA a, uh, a problem. But I mean, if there's an ethical mm-hmm. issue that um, you've identified about, you know, how your interaction played out and if it's something that you feel is worthwhile reporting to the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants to say, well, you've got these people that are carrying the CASA designation, but not all of them are living up to the code of ethics. I think you have grounds um, to, to, to lodge um, uh, 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 your complaint in that perspective. But I think, I think so. the, the training of an accountant is so robust. And, um, Thank you so much for your, for your yeah. advice. But uh, could, you adv- uh, could you give us that uh, accountant? Because I went to a group of accountants in um, a, a place where they say they will assist you, but they did not assist me either. So, um, uh, they did won't not you, even won't come you, back to me. Won't you hold on? Uh, our producers will give you the... If you can give, give us the details of yes, that accounting it, from where we can lodge our complaints to, because most people are not aware of it. No, I think people are, but we'll give you those details. Tabela will look at the, the website address and then they'll give it to you. Just uh, hang on for us. Don't put the phone down and then he'll be able to assist you there. Here's an SMS. It says, thank you for hosting Makanile, who is articulate, so eloquent, her mission, and it gives us hope about our future. And for all intensive purposes, it's a reflection of a real good story, a South African story, Charles and Lady Smith. That's, thank you, Charles. Um Before we went to the break, we were discussing what happens in the boardroom and the willingness for people to actually do something about what what needs to be done. It's that that I I think I suppose is going to take a while. Mm. You need buy in from from all quarters. Mm. and, and, you know, it's it's all great to have these philosophical questions. I often wonder uh, at what point people bail out of a pl- philosophical idea when it comes to the bottom line. I think, you know, we need pioneers um, within each organization. Um, so you need that voice that's going to um, stand up um, for women outside of whatever you're forced to do by whatever legislation. But... People must stand for the right thing at the end of the day. Um, And another way to channel that is by making sure that you've got more women of color in those boards because, right, they have a vested interest to see some of these changes coming through. So what we as the AWCA aim to do is to change even the face of the board of directors through having programs. So we've got a a program with due corporate education where there's a board readiness program given the level and seniority you occupy wherever you are. And with our relationships in the market, we do get these calls for non-executive directors to sit on listed entities on um, unlisted entities and some of the public um, sector entities as well. And is to, so we use that database to try and make sure that we are changing the face of, of, the, of, of the board. But before they can even qualify, we must make sure that they are equipped and have that extra edge and are ready to take those seats. I, I imagine you, you, you are going to battle with with finding all these gifted children that need to be found. I wonder how all of us who are listening could be of assistance. 
So we've got a website called www.awca.co.za. It outlines all the programs um, um, that we have, and we encourage people to reach us and contact us and see perhaps there are programs that you think we can run in your community mm-hmm. and you are happy to be part of driving um, 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 that solution. Those are things we look forward to and are always happy to uh, work with uh, people and expand our network across South Africa. I wish you all the best. I really wish you all the best. I think you're onto something, but I think it's going to take an army to get the kind of work that you need to to get to to achieve. Um, and 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 I don't know if you feel that as as a unit we have what it takes to get us to the next frontier. Uh, only you can answer that, I suppose. I, I'm hopeful, um, Pimelo, because. Uh, even my story is underpinned by other women who've opened doors for me. So if other people can do that for more women, then the space will slowly start um, 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 to change. We do have a lot of um, good people in business. So if you look at the stakeholders and some of the companies that have supported um, AWCA, it is the big owned white-owned entities, listed entities, and, and so forth. What, what do you mean support? What kind of support is this? Um, so we've got a number of programs. Yes. So these are the people that enable and give us the, you know, the, 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 the fuel to run our program. So that's the bursary program that we run, the outreach, um, the, 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 the preparatory workshops that we run for people running, uh, writing their board exams and so forth. They support us from opening doors perspective okay. and also just providing financial support. So I think um, Corporate SA really does believe in the women agenda. We just need to crowd in more allies. Mm. Thank you so much for coming in. Really, it's been a pleasure having you. That conversation will be available as a podcast. My guest was Zama Kanyile, who is a fund manager at NEF, also runs a non-profit organization called African Women Chartered Accountants.